Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Humans are slaves to time. We watch the clock. We record our time. We even constantly say, I don't have enough time in a day. Yet to God, time is virtually non-existent. Now Paratree presents the Perception of Time. What's up, fans? My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And you are listening to Paratruth Radio. Justin, buddy, my cousin, my friend, what's up? Not much. How about yourself? Uh, I would say not much, but that would be a lot. Yeah. So I know you bit. have a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, got a lot going on. And surprisingly enough, um, considering the film is coming up, and relating somehow to today's topic, it feels like I don't have enough time to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, everybody kind of feels that way. You, you never have enough time in the day. I mean, today was my day off, and I basically slept for most of it because I had a major headache. But it's like the days off pass by faster than the not days off. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that way. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You would think that when you are busy at work or school or whatever you're doing, time would move a lot quicker. But for some reason, like personally, when I'm at work, the time just goes slow as molasses. Yeah. But when I'm outside, like playing basketball or playing a video game or something like that, or even reading, time just flies by. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just the whole idea of being bored at work or... I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, and we'll get kind of into this with the the topic, but, I mean, with being at work, you're constantly just watching the clock where when you're not at work, you you have the day off, you're not even paying attention to time, so... Right. I guess it'd be better for people in general just just stop paying attention to time. (laughs) Yeah. Seems like things would be a lot easier. But... Folks, as you know, we are talking about time. Yep. In particular, we are going to... Well, there's not really much comparing, so we're just going to contrast (laughs) the biblical concept of time, that is, God's perception of time, versus human's perception of time. Which is completely harder than God's perception of time that we seriously out. Yeah. Yeah, God's perception of time definitely... Comes off a little easier to understand than a human's perspective, considering when it comes to the human perspective, there are so many different beliefs as to what time is and why time is the way that it is, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, we'll get into that. 
<sighs> I think mostly because time is a human uh, made thing. It, it's not. Well, you know, well, it is, but actually, in the book of Genesis, God created time as we personally know it. He created time specifically for his creation, people. Um, and that's significant in the first few verses in which God creates day and night. And so you have day, the first day, and night the first day. Uh, and that gives you your 24-hour periods right off the bat. So for whatever reason, God did create time. And I think it's mostly not not so much for like our views of, oh, we got to work eight hours. Right. And we got to do this. We got to do that. Obviously, that's more human. But in regards to giving us a sleep cycle overall. Yeah. So we have approximately 12 hours in a, in the daylight, and then we have approximately 12 hours at night, you know, depending on what season we're in, of course. Right. And so it's pretty even. But, uh, yeah, God definitely, he definitely uh, set that forth in the book of Genesis. I guess the more specific is, is the humans made a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, we we made like the calendars and stuff. The perception of time for us is we made things up compared to just night and day. Like mm-hmm. we did. I'm sure God didn't intend us to understand months, days, weeks, years. He intended us to know the difference between day and night, and you know that we need to rest in order to be active in not just worshiping him, but also our daily lives. Right. Well, and you know, in regards to the calendar, calendar too, it's pretty interesting because now, now God didn't create the calendar as we know it today. Right. Right. So in a sense, God kind of created a calendar when he, when Adam and Eve sinned in the book of Genesis uh, chapter three, and God went to the serpent who was Satan and tells him that I will put an enmity between you and the woman and you will strike his heel and he will crush your head. So that right there is a prophecy already talking about Christ coming uh, to earth to bring salvation to all mankind. And in that time, Satan's going to strike his heel in the sense that he's going to kill him on the cross but that Jesus will crush his head when he comes back from the dead three days later. And so right there, we're already given a, a calendar, as you like, in a an unknown time period. You know, from here on, Christ will show up, and these things will, you know, come forth. And throughout the, the Old Testament, you see a number of different prophecies, and each prophecy is leading to a time in the future. And as that time comes, we start to see every single prophecy unfold and come true. And of course, that's not just biblical, that's historical, there's historical evidence as well. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, there's one... I think that's why a lot of people say history repeats itself. Right, absolutely. And... and uh, at the same time, though, I mean, since we're going there, you already said that history repeats itself. There are people out there that truly believe that history does repeat itself. And actually, they think that 
And of course, this is one of the concepts because there's a numer. That's what I was saying earlier. You know, when it comes to human understanding or perception of time, it's harder because there's so many different views as to what time is. Right. And so this one in particular is one of those views, and it's the view that time will constantly repeat itself over and over and over and over again until it weeds out all of the bad things. And this can go along with regeneration, for example. And regeneration is basically when someone dies and they become reincarnate as another person. Of course, some people believe that they can become a butterfly or this or that. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not not true. Like, obviously, not true that maybe it's true or reincarnate. But maybe that's true that people that there's actually a faith out there that believes you can become a butterfly, uh, which might be Buddhism, actually. Yeah, Buddhists and Hinduism, Hinduism. Are, are similar in the yeah. sense that they re- believe in reincarnation and that you can come back in, in several forms. Mm-hmm. And, and so the Buddhists believe and the Hindus believe that whatever you come back as, whether you come back as a human, you come back as an animal of some sort, each time you regenerate or, or reincarnate, you start pushing the sin part of you away and you can reincarnate however many times it could be 50 100 200 300 times until you're so pure that you can now when you die end up with god and be with him in heaven um it's basically learning learning the uh the different things that you need to learn in order to be with god like you can't you can't learn a lesson through one lifetime is basically what they're, they're trying to say. Right. So it's definitely interesting, you know, and, and obviously that's just one view and there's so many different views out there. Um, and, and that one, I don't know for me, that one's, I used to actually believe that honestly, I used to actually believe that I could become reincarnate and become something else. I always wanted to come back as a wolf or a shark <laughs> because I thought it'd be cool to be in the water and a wolf because wolves are just cool. Right. But obviously, that's not real. But <laughs> yeah, it definitely belief. goes against the the Christian belief for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the the perceptions of time. I mean, everything that I looked up, you know, you perceive time slowing down, so to speak, and you perceive time speeding up. You, like you said in the the beginning intro part, you know we always say there's not enough time in the day. Well, there's 24 hours <laughs> for for a different person or thing like God. That may be complete like a second compared to our perception of time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's a lot when you say time slowed down. Everything that I looked up, there was an article by David Eagleman uh, called Human Time Perception and Its Illusions. Mm-hmm. And basically what he says is there's temporal judgment, not necessarily time perception. And what that means is, is when you're um, when you're saying time stops or time is going slow you're judging time by things that you're perceiving in your in your realm of vision so to mm-hmm. so 
a lot of it has to do with us receiving a lot of information, our brain <laughs> trying to uh, process all that information. So in a sense, time does slow down because our brain is taking time to process everything, everything new, I should say. Right. Well, and as you were, as you had just mentioned a little while ago too, um, about you know how, how just a day in our time or a few minutes in our time is like a second to God, you know. Mm-hmm. And Scripture supports that belief. In Psalm ninety, verse four, it says, "A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by." And you know, you think that that's enough, but then back in Second uh, Peter three eight. The scriptures tell us, it says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And then you begin to, like for me, I I was actually trying to understand this concept on the way home uh, from school today. And I've been playing in my mind all day because it's just kind of weird. But Well, that's why I said we need to do a show on it. It's something that I've thought about numerous times, not just human perception, but gods or even spirits as in angels and demons if you Mm -hmm. believe that human spirits are here how does time pass for them if if truly ghosts are human spirits it's it's mind-boggling just with the human perception of time let alone Mm -hmm. god's perception of time and angels and demons or human spirits if that is what's here right and well and i think like you know when, when it comes to angels um or spirits, as you as you say sometimes, or even as God, you know, like when He showed up here on Earth as in the body of Christ, uh, the perception of time changed then. You know, in which God was a hundred percent human and a hundred percent God when He was Jesus, when He came as Jesus, and His time was one hundred percent human. You know, He it was a daily thing. There are 24 hours in a day. Nothing changed. Right. Uh, you know, he didn't come here and be like, oh, I'm on Earth, but everything seems like it's moving so fast. It's goodbye. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. He, he literally became one of us, and so his perception of time changed as well. But when it comes to, like, the, the thousand years is like one day, and one day like a thousand years, I mean, what Scripture is really telling us is that in our perception of time, in which a thousand years pass and how many generations of people are born and die and born again. As that time goes on and so much history happens, to God, it's just been one single day. Yeah. And we think it's been a long time. Right. And when you think about it, you know, in regards to creationism, there's, there's a couple of different beliefs as to how old creation is and how old the earth is in particular. And one of the most common beliefs is that it's around ten to 14,000 years. Some claim it's 8,000 years. So if the world is 10,000 years old, then it really it's only been 10 days to God. We've only been around for 10 days. And, of course, he understands that it's been like a 1,000 years to us. But it brings up a whole other type of – a whole other subject on top of it. Though. Or not another subject, but just, another, just a different yeah. different topic on the subject in regards to the days of creation. Yeah. You know, and there were six days of creation. The seventh day, God rested. And there was an argument among Christians and among uh, both Christian scholars and I, I guess people with worldview or some would call them secular even. 
Mm. Uh, forgive me if that's a harsh word for anybody. Believe it or not, I think it is for some. But anyway, <laughs> some have said that God couldn't create it in a day as in a 24-hour period, but instead had to create one day. To, like, for example, took him a thousand years to create. And then day two took him a thousand years to create. So you're looking at it took him a thousand years, our time, to create the rocks, the stone that we see, the land, a thousand years to create the animals, a thousand years to create the fish, a thousand years to create people, so on and so forth. And it just doesn't make sense. But the Bible shows us that when he created time, that when he created earth and created day and night, he specifically created day and night within that 24-hour period. Because if it took him a thousand years to create both day and night, day and night would take a thousand years to come around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in my personal view and perspective, it would. I could be completely wrong if, I, if I'm reading into it too much. But <clears throat> it, it's clear that God has worked both on a long stream of time in which a thousand years is literally one day to him. You know, it's just the way he sees things. But yet, he's able to, since he created time, that as we know it, he's able to understand it. He's able to work in it. And so... Within that day of a thousand years, he's able to do a ton of stuff. Right. And, and I don't know. It, you know, it, it's mind-boggling, of course, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of cool, too. Yeah. All right, folks. You are listening to Paratruth Radio. We're going to take our first break here and listen to Eric's Random Fact of the Day. We will be right back. Labor Day weekend is probably one of my favorite times of the year. I have many childhood memories of going downtown and watching the air show take flight. However, one of my favorite things to do on Labor Day weekend is to stop by the hot dog stand downtown and pick up a hot dog. It may not seem like it, but it actually costs a lot of money to keep those hot dog stands up and running. In fact, according to FactSides.com, it can cost a hot dog stand in Central Park, New York, around $300,000 a year just for the right to operate. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey, Parafans. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we were just getting into... 
God's perception of time before the break here. And uh, Eric was talking about how there's there's different views on just the creation part of God, God's perception of time, where one day was a thousand years because he couldn't possibly have created these different things in 24 hours. And uh, I think that's kind of a huge debate. Uh, I particularly believe that it didn't take him a thousand years to do each particular thing. But there are people out there that do believe that. And, I mean, just... In general, people, there's different people believe that Earth is 47 million years old, billion years old, and mm-hmm. there's people that believe that we're only four, five, six, seven thousand years old. So it's, uh, it's a huge debate just in time perception for that, <laughs> let alone, <laughs> uh, our perception of time now and God's perception of time and all the above, really. So, right. A little bit more on on God's perception of time, because really, as we've been saying, a day could just be a second to him compared to a year is, in his time, is a thousand years for us. So uh, there are several different um, biblical passages that, that bring up his perception of time, correct? Other right. than just the generation or generation <laughs> creation part, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't you give us a couple more of those? And a lot of them are too in reference to the coming of Christ, and even that, like when he's referencing the snake and and uh, prophesizing uh, Christ's coming and all that. To him, that might have only been a couple of days compared to what we know of it as a thousand years. So, or right. whatever time frame it was, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are a, there's a number of different scriptures throughout the Bible that really talk about time in both God's understanding, but also in our own personal understanding as well. And in fact. Often and many times, God talks about time in a way that's relevant to us that we would understand. And one example of that is the book of Revelation. Revelation 13 is one in particular in which John writes about numerous things that he had seen. Uh, this is these are things that God had given him, like visions that he, that he had given him. And one of the things that he had seen in Revelation chapter 13 is the authority of the beast and how people would worship the beast. And they said, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. So there we see that even though God is giving, uh, that while God is giving John for ex- in this particular instance, visions, he's showing him in a perspective that he understands. He tells him and shows him that it's for 42 months that the beast exercises his authority. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't have to tell him that, and he could have been like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, oh, 42 months to God is 20 minutes. <laughs> right, trying, I don't know. trying to explain <laughs> you know? it to John. 
how he sees it. It, Yeah, it never would have made sense. So God often references things in a way that we understand it. What's even more interesting, though, is the idea of the, the coming age in which Christ comes back for the second time and ends up fixing everything. And in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 11, John says, Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. He goes on in First Peter chapter 4, verse 7, John again writes, But the end of all things is at hand. Now what's interesting is this was around 2,000 years ago, maybe a little less when they wrote it. And John is stating that the time of the end is at hand. It's here. It's already approached. And we need to, you know, clean up and look to God and find salvation through Christ in order to be saved on the last day. And if John is saying that even then, 2,000 years ago, is the last days, and yet here we are 2,000 years later and the last day hasn't come yet, mm-hmm. John here is talking in a perspective that is of God's. Because to God, it is the last day. The last day is approaching. You know, it's coming. It's very close. You know, to God, 2,000 years is two days. And often we see throughout Scripture, as it is constantly said, that the Scripture is in the inspired Word of God, meaning that God inspires the things that people had written. Even though they're written in their own personal uh, handwriting and in the way they understand, it is all things that God put in their minds and on their hearts to say. Which is why you know we often, as Christians, say, like, oh, God wrote the Bible. And people are like, oh, no, 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 man wrote the Bible. Well, we're both right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there is no argument here. But the argument is how exactly man wrote it and how much freedom they had to write what they wrote. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't really think there's really freedom. I I sometimes think were we was man's perception really as God intended it as far as what they wrote, not so much like man saying, oh, this is exactly what God meant, like kind of making up things. That's not what I believe at all. No, not at all. I think when it comes to how the authors had written uh, the different books of the Bible, it's, you know, like we said already, it's really in a way that would help us understand everything. You know, it's not just right. made up. Right. It, God inspires it to be something that we can grasp and understand. And, of course, the scripture tells us that not everyone's going to understand the Bible. Not everyone who reads it is going to understand what it says. I still it's, don't understand it. I've read it. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't understand either. I mean, the book of Revelation is probably one of the hardest to understand right. of all the passages of all the books. But in a way... It's it's meant to be hard to read. Yeah. You know, the Bible, it, when it comes down to it, is really meant for people who are saved. And the people who become saved through Christ have a better time understanding the scriptures because the Lord and the Holy Spirit is within them and able to translate things better. Uh, and that's not to say that someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit isn't capable of reading it. 
Right, right. Because right. I, they, they can. They, they very well can. In fact, I heard of numerous people who become saved because they read the Bible. And some things that are very straightforward is the Gospels. You know, the, the four Gospels that talk about Christ. Those are very straightforward. However, God does talk about uh, or, or does say some parables within the Gospels. And by God, I mean Jesus. You know, he, he tells us some parables, and these parables are the things that are really hard to grasp. And if I read those parables, some of them I had read before I was saved, and they didn't make a bit of sense whatsoever. Hmm. But after becoming saved and reading them again, it all started making more sense to me because in a, in a way they're kind of coded, some of those parables. And he, Jesus even says um, that he spoke the parables the way that he did so that people who believe will be the ones to understand it basically in a nutshell right that makes a lot Uh, of sense yeah but you know and another thing with in regards to scripture is how God interacts with time and interacts with people in time Uh, God goes to Abraham and he talks to him and he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah and this all happens in a day or a couple days one that's really interesting is the power that God has over time, which only goes to show that God created it. Because obviously if we create something, we usually have the power over it, right? That's what it, it, we're told to believe. That's what we're told to believe. I mean, look at our radio show, for example. Yeah. Everything that we say and do is, I mean, unless God inspires something. <laughs> but which I'm sure that, he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. But as we're working here and we're we basically put out the information that we choose to put out. Uh, we choose to edit it the way that we want to edit it. We choose to do this and do that. We created the show, and now we can control it. If we wanted to destroy the show, we could. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Night stalkers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, currently, we're trying to expand the show. Right. So we have that power. But in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, verse 13 we're shown something much more interesting and something much more powerful, uh, someone much more powerful than us and something that we just can't possibly come to understand because it's in, we're incapable of doing such a thing. And that's being able to stop time. Hmm. Even and though so we it, perceive time stopping at times. Right. Even though we perceive time stopping. It's not really. God. <laughs> yeah, it's not really stopping. We perceive it as stopping, but it's not really. But in this case, it really did stop, and that's because God stopped it. Because as Joshua and his army were fighting against their enemy at Gibeon, or in Gibeon, God stopped the sun from moving. Oh, I do remember this story, yeah. Okay. The scripture says, so the, sun's, so the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher... The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. So here we have almost, you know, a full day. You know, I don't know exactly what a full day is here. It could be a full 24-hour period. Right. It could be an extra 12 hours, depending on what you consider a day. You know, I mean, for me, I usually think, oh, it's daytime because the sun is up. Right. And as soon as it's set, oh, it's nighttime. So what is the day here? But the point is that whether it's 12 hours or 24 hours, the sun stood still for that long and people are, I know people out there, uh, friends and 
all our fans, they might be thinking, well, it just doesn't make sense. I don't believe that the, that the sun really stayed still, that, that, that time just stopped. However, there are a number of different historical sources, books that from other countries that actually relate at the same exact time, a day in which it would appear that time stood still for the same amount of time that it stood still here in the Bible. And some of these places weren't during the day. Some of these were at night where the moon stood still. And the scripture tells us that the moon stood still in the valley of Ajalon. And of course, I don't know where that is now. I didn't do the research to find out. But the point is that here we have something very interesting and cool in which God had stopped time for a full day. And then it's supported by historical documents from other nations stating that, yeah, time stopped this day. And, of course, they can't explain it because they don't know. They didn't know the God of Israel. You know? Right. So well, just look, like, at, what the heck uh, look at Alaska. There's always 30 days of night in Alaska mm-hmm. in, in a year. So that not that time stops, but our perception would be it's constantly night. Right. So to me, yes, it is possible. I mean, not that we can stop time, but right. obviously he can. So it, it's definitely something that uh, is on that perception scale. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people will debate these things and there's no conclusion. Really what we're trying to do is just get people's minds to open up a little bit and be like, our perception of time really is not what it's all about per se, but you know, God's perception of time compared to our own, we constantly will say like, say a couple weeks ago, Oh God, that was so long ago. Really? No, it wasn't. (laughs) It it was just two weeks ago compared to a year ago. Well, that was a really long time. No, it was a year ago. It it wasn't that long ago. And, uh, and I'm sure that's how God sees it too. It's like, no, that was like a second for me. Sorry, that, that wasn't very long ago at all. Right. Well, and I know we, we, we've been talking about God a lot here and about his perspective of time. But let, let's talk about a little bit more about the human perspective. And in particular, there is some misunderstanding within society concerning the nature of our time and of time in general. Mm-hmm. There are a few different views as to what time is and how it works. One in particular is this idea of creation. Now, I'm not talking about creation as in the biblical sense. You know, that's completely different uh, from what I'm about to, to talk about here. But this creation is the idea that time itself kind of allowed a creation on its own, that there was no hand by God or there was no, uh, you know, like, outside force, if you will, right. to create this stuff. But instead, that things came to life due to time. Um, and in general, the idea is that the longer you let time go, and as time goes on and on and on, eventually something that is inorganic will become organic. And hence, something that's lifeless will become life over time. And of course this just doesn't make sense whatsoever. 
obviously. Because if that was the case, when people die, they're lifeless. And as time goes on, do any of them just suddenly pop back up? <laughs> no. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And of course, maybe I'm reading this wrong. You know, maybe I'm coming about this the wrong way. Well, just look at two nowadays, like uh, artificial intelligence. It there are a lot of people that believe that at some point it will become sentient, and in our definition, would be the definition of life. Right. Well. And here, I'm going to, this is something I'm going to read because this is, uh, in regards to the origin of life and it appeared in the prestigious journal Scientific American and a, a person named Wald argued that it is possible that life can spontaneously generate itself. And this is what he says. And you can tell me after I say it, Justin, well, you know, it doesn't make sense or does it not or whatever, you know, he says, however improbable we regard this event, the accidental origin of life, or any of the steps which it involves, given enough time, it will almost certainly happen. Time is, in fact, the hero of the plot. Given so much time, the impossible becomes possible, the possible becomes probable, and the probable virtually certain. One has only to wait. Time itself performs the miracles. Does that make sense? No. (laughs) No. It doesn't make sense at all. Because that's like, I mean, and maybe I'm just, you know, I'm throwing this out there. Maybe this makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. But it may may make sense to somebody, but it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Well, this is what I'm going to say in response to this. Because if indeed time is the hero, and if indeed we wait long enough and time itself will perform the miracle, that's sort of saying like, oh, if a family member has cancer, we don't have to treat them with any medication or whatever. Just let time handle it. And as time goes on, it may perform a miracle. And it'll be okay, and the people will survive, and so on and so forth. I mean, how often does that happen? Mm, very Without medication? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean there, there have been people that actually do get healed without the medication. Oh, yes, but absolutely. I don't think... T- if you let time do it, I mean, you're basically just letting the disease eat you away. So, right. Well, yeah, you know, obviously there, there is certain times in which, yeah, people are healed. There are certain times in which it seems if you allow time to go on, that things change, you know, miracles happen. A lot of times though, but people are actually doing something, whether that's praying, whether that's taking care of themselves better, like, taking their vitamins and eating better and all that, that that in itself should tell you that it's not time doing this miracle. It's either God or God working through you, however you want to perceive that part of it, but it would not be time doing it. Right. Well, with that said, I think we're going to go ahead and take our second and last break of the evening. When we come back, we will talk about regeneration as well as possibly redemption. But before that, here is your paranormal headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, Parafans, Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. These headlines are from UFO Mania, The Truth is Out There. 
200,000-year-old statue found on the moon, says Dr. Morris Charles. A noted scientist has just produced proof that the lunar surface was inhabited by intelligent life, a 10-inch angel sculpture embedded in a moon rock. Geologist Dr. Morris Charles revealed last week that NASA lab workers chipped the angel from one of the rocks brought to Earth by Apollo 11 astronauts 40 years ago in 1969. Dr. Charles was a NASA scientist himself 23 years, but left the agency in 1987. He still maintains close ties to many of his former colleagues. The implications of this figurine are absolutely mind-boggling, Dr. Charles told reporters. It means that at one time the moon had an atmosphere conductive to life. And what's more, it was once home to a sophisticated race of people with a highly refined sense of beauty. The angel, a humanoid female with wing-like appendages on her back and long flowing hair, is made of an iron compound found exclusively in the highlands of the moon. This rules out the possibility that it was dropped by a race of aliens from another planet. It's been hand-polished to a silvery metallic sheen. Based on chemical analysis of the metal, geologists estimate the sculpture to be 200,000 years old, which means it was made 170,000 years before the human species appeared on Earth. It's been examined by art experts who concur with Dr. Charles' appraisal of the culture that produced it. Clearly, these beings had a sense of religion that parallels our Christianity. Perhaps they had a Jesus of their own, proving that the important spiritual principles are, in a very literal sense, universal, said a Washington anthropologist. Others are not so sure of its religious significance. Dr. Miles Fredericks of New York University countered, This is just more Christian propaganda. The Sumerians told stories of the Anunnaki, winged deities, as far back as 18th century B.C. Maybe the Sumerians were visited by these moon beings who merely modeled the statue after their own image. While many ponder the significance of the figure, others are curious about why it has remained a secret for so long. The artifact has been common knowledge among NASA insiders for years, said Dr. Charles. But space agency higher-ups have kept the information highly classified, fearing worldwide panic. It was smuggled out to me by persons who must, for obvious reasons, remain anonymous. NASA officially denies Dr. Charles' allegations. The statue was displayed to photographers and newsmen, but is now being held for further study at an undisclosed location. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And just before the break, we are talking about the idea of creation. Not in the biblical sense, but in the more secular or worldview sense. And we, we discussed about how, according to a person named Wald, argued that if you give time, enough time... <laughs> 
basically anything is possible and that time itself performs miracles. Now, we've already discussed the unlikelihood of that. And of course, there are on rare cases, the possibility even, uh, but those in, in general are often always seen as uh, a miracle in regards to God performing the miracle mm-hmm. uh, or some other way. But it's never like, oh, this person healed. Just okay. Think time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. But before the break, I did mention that we were going to talk a little bit about regeneration. And that's because this is something that's very interesting to me as well because it does uh, revolve around the concept of Darwism. And basically, as most most people know what Darwinism is, and it's the idea that throughout time and history, humans were created through evolution, the evolution process. Mm. You know, meaning that a fish becomes a frog and a frog becomes a rat and a rat becomes this and this becomes that and so on and so forth. And you find your way up the tree until finally we're humans. Literally up the tree from monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, when when you think about it, and there's a lot of history that goes behind this, and everyone out there, you can look it up yourself. Uh, And I know there are some things that are going to argue my particular point here, but there is no evidence, no fossil record, nothing whatsoever that supports evolution. Now, there is what we call microevolution, in which something may, or some, you know, like something, like an animal or something, may adapt to a climate change, for example. Just look at bacteria. Uh, yeah, look at bacteria. You know, that is called microevolution. It's remaining itself. It's the same thing that it's always been, this particular, whatever. It could be the bacteria. It could be a bear or, you know, it remains a bear. A bear stays a bear, but it adapts to different climates or it adapts to this or adapts to that, you know, depending on its environment. For example, uh, I think it's a, a hog or a boar or something like that, some kind of pig. It remains just like a normal pig if it's uh, domestic. But the moment you put it in the wild, after a couple of months, it grows tusks. Now, it wouldn't have tusks if it stayed in the domestic uh lifestyle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the moment you put it out in the wild, it suddenly adapts and grows these tusks for defense. Now that's called microevolution. It's not evolving into another creature. It's just adapting to its current environment. Yeah. So that's what microevolution is. Now, there is no evidence whatsoever, nothing in the fossil records, that shows a creature in the process of evolution. You would expect to see bones of a fish with feet right. or something like that. But we don't. We don't see it whatsoever. Uh, it, it doesn't exist. Now, some people are going to bring up a recent discovery in which a snake was found, a fossilized uh, skeleton of a snake that had feet, legs and feet. And they'll say that that claim that that's evolution. But that's not true. Because, honestly, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but... It wouldn't make sense that something that has legs would lose them to evolve. As far as an, a uh, land animal, anyways, like right. if it was adapting from land to water, I can see something like that happening. Right, exactly. You know, it just doesn't make sense, especially considering, uh, according to the way the snake was built, it may 
been able to use its feet to hold prey while it ate. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense that it would evolve by losing legs. However, it does support the scriptures. Right. Because in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, God tells the serpent, that is Satan, who appeared to Adam and Eve as a serpent, that all serpents, all snakes, would crawl on their bellies and eat dust. And that in itself tells us that snakes had legs at some point. They were standing above the dirt. Mm. And then suddenly, boom, God took them away. Now... To go on with this a little further with the whole idea of regeneration, the idea of evolving is to make something better. When something evolves, it's supposed to become something bigger, greater, stronger, etc., etc. And yet throughout history, we don't see that. Uh, prior to the flood in the book of Genesis, chapter 7 in particular, we saw that People lived very long lives. Adam was 930 years old when he died. Methuselah was 969. However, as time went on, the ages of the people living got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. In fact, even 3,000 years ago, according to Psalm 90, verse 10, the human lifespan was around 70 to 80 years old. And guess what? Even here in America today, the lifespan is still 70 to 80 years old. Roughly. Roughly. In a 3,000 year span. Now, if evolution is real, there is no possible way that it would have just stopped. Evolution isn't just going to decide, oh, this is the best thing I can create. (laughs) So we're going to stop. No. If evolution is real, it would have to constantly evolve and, and, uh, over and over and over and over and over again. So even we have, as humans should be evolving, becoming stronger, becoming better, becoming, you know, healthier, so on and so forth. But we're not. We're declining I rapidly. Say, I, I believe we're getting much weaker. <laughs> yeah, we're getting be. weaker. And quite frankly, in a sense, we're getting dumber. <laughs> People aren't as smart as they used to be. Right. Let's face it. Also, in regards to the fossils that are found, when you look back, you know, several thousand years ago, or in some cases, you believe if people believe uh, in a billion-year-old Earth, a million plus. You know, back in prehistoric times, I'll say, things were much larger. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs existed. We we all seen the skeletons of dinosaurs. We know how big they are. Plant life was much bigger. The woolly mammoth was about a third of the size taller than the current elephant, the biggest elephant that currently exists. The mammoth was a third of its size taller. As we see due to the fossil remnants, throughout history, things have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Animals have gotten smaller. Plant life has gotten smaller. Everything's gotten smaller. Again, if evolution was real, we would only, it would only appear that things should be getting bigger and stronger, and it doesn't. It degrades. So I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I do know. That's what that's my personal belief. But I mean, what do you guys think? You know, uh, I, if anyone has any questions or wants to argue this point, please feel free to email us at paratruthradio at gmail.com. I definitely want everybody's perspective on this because yeah. we 
we as radio show hosts can give you this information, but we still don't understand it. And I would love anybody's perspective, whether that's you leave us comments on Spreaker, uh, if you're listening on Spreaker, uh, if you're listening on any of the other uh, areas that we are on, you can go to our website, leave us comments on there, email us, as Eric said, at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Um, I honestly would like to know what your guys' perspective is, and we can like it, debate it till we're blue in the face, but we still will not have everybody's perspective or even understand. And Eric told me this earlier before the show, we're not meant to understand it. We're not ever going to understand it, but I would like to, to hear other people's perspectives on that. Well, and just to let everyone know, because I know some people might be might, might fear chiming in and how we might react. Look, it's just your perspective. That's all it is. We're not going to oppose, you know, we're not going to stand here and say you're wrong, 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 wrong. You know, that's not what we're doing. We just want your perspective so we can see and help us better understand our own personal views and even help better understand your views. So we're not going to come back with an email arguing with you. You know, that's not what we're going to do. Any arguments that take place is between me and Justin on air. Yeah. Well, and you know, we, that's not our, that's not our right to tell you you're wrong either. But, Absolutely. Now, we might say something that opposes your view, but it's not to, you know, I guess condemn you for, for, for your view, but it's just to help, I guess, give you another thought, something to think about. Yeah, share and maybe our views yeah, with you. Maybe it'll expand your idea of your personal belief, and maybe it'll help bring up more questions about our personal belief, you know? Yep. So, again, it's nothing condemning, no argue, real arguments against you guys or anything like that. We just want everyone's perspective. So please, everything you've heard today, judge it as you will, but email us. I'll give you one more time, paratruthradio at gmail.com. You'll also hear it at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> but with that said... <clears throat> I, I I I believe we're done. Yeah, I mean, we could go over the redemption part, but it's probably kind of pretty much the same thing as everything else. It really is. I mean, the idea of redemption, just real quick, is basically that no amount of time can atone for sin. And so the only way to truly find redemption and be with Christ after death, be in heaven one has to have their sins forgiven. And that there's absolutely nothing you can do on your own. There's absolutely nothing time can do. There's nothing anyone else can do, any human, regular human here on earth can do to help you with sin. No one can forgive you of that. No one can take it away from you. Only your faith in Christ, your forgiveness, you asking for forgiveness, and Him forgiving you is the only thing that will redeem you. That's it. But you have to believe. You have to truly believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he died for your sins, that he rose again to give you salvation. And if you believe that, then you're forgiven and you will be in heaven one day. And that's pretty much redemption. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, folks, it's been a a heck of a show. Still have no more understanding than I did before I started researching this stuff. So, <laughs> as Eric said, uh, definitely get us your your uh, views on it. And you can also do it on Facebook and Twitter as well if you 
would rather do it on those instead of emailing or on the website. So if you are listening from one of the groups that I post in, just post it on my post in the groups, or you can go to our Facebook page on Facebook, Paratruth Radio. Uh, just search that and you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I wanted to do really fast, and we don't do it very often, but I wanted to give a shout-out to all of our listeners. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. We we love bringing you different content every week. And uh, one, one spot in particular, other than the U.S., uh, apparently we're very popular in the U.K., and... Oh. One of the one, uh, actually two of the places that uh, are often common listeners are Greenock in the UK and Grimsby in the UK. I'm not sure where in the UK those are at. It doesn't tell me that part. But uh, I wanted to give a shout out to our UK listeners. We do appreciate you listening in every week as well as all of our listeners. I mean, we've got listeners from Ireland, Ghana, South Africa, France, Spain, Germany, Australia, Canada, and the UK. And I'm sure tons of places elsewhere, but those are the most popular listening areas. And Australia is usually a, a big one too. Uh, but it seems like UK beat you guys out this this week. So uh, definitely want to give you guys a shout out. It's an honor and a privilege to be doing this every week and mm-hmm. have you guys listening in. So Absolutely. if you are from those areas, again, give us a shout out, whether that's on our email or on the Facebook and Twitter pages or even on our website. Uh, also, too, next week is going to be a very special episode of Paratruth Radio. We will be at Scarefest 2015, and we will be broadcasting live Friday, September 11th. As I said, several weeks now, if you guys cannot listen on that date, you know, it will be on the podcast, and you can listen on our usual Sunday. Also, too, if you guys are able to make it there and feel the the uh, urge to go, we would love to see you. You know, we will have Paratruth Radio t-shirts on, and you will be able to find us. And we, as I said, we'll be broadcasting live and telling you guys where we are at at particular times, so you can come and find us as well. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said before, if you guys are a part of our Christian listeners that are very uncomfortable with uh, paranormal or occult practices, do not show up. I don't want you guys to be uncomfortable just because you want to come and say hi. (laughs) So definitely, if you're going to be there, we would love to see you. If not, I completely get it. No worries. And you can just listen to the the show if that's the case. So, um, and, you know, like we said, we are definitely looking forward to several people that are going to be there. Maybe we can even get a couple of guests from those people that are going to be there. I would love to get Josh Gates. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it would ever be possible, but I I would love to get him on to pick his brain. So, um, all right. And, uh, go ahead and, get the the revealed info again i know it's coming up real fast yeah, for you it's coming up real fast uh folks i know you've heard in the past uh, over the past few months now about my film the revealed we are getting very close to the to the deadline of the indiegogo that's currently up we start filming september 22nd that is just a few weeks away there are only a few days left literally only a few days left perception of time <laughs> perception of time <laughs> to help us out 
at Indiegogo.com. It's a donation site. Uh, we're looking for money to help us uh, fund the movie. It'll help me create the movie itself in regards to special effects, props, hair and makeup, wardrobe. Uh, but it's also going to help us out in food because people got to eat and I need to be able to feed people uh, at least two meals a day for 10 days. So those things are really going to become huge, huge things on this production and we need the help to do it. So we are trying to raise the money. Indiegogo is still up. You can check it out at Indiegogo.com forward slash the revealed movie. Also, you can try igg.me forward slash at forward slash again, the revealed movie. Or, this is probably the most easy route, just go to paratruthradio.com and click on the creative works tab. At the very bottom of that page, there's a button for Indiegogo. And it'll take you straight to my page. You can read the synopsis, watch the little video, uh, help you know familiarize yourself with the movie. And if you're interested and you're willing, please donate. We need the money, and the time is running out like within the next week or so. So anyway, thank you so much for all your support over the past few months. Thank you for praying. Uh, I hope that you will continue, continue to pray. And again, if you're willing to donate, great. Thank you. If not, please share the Indiegogo page with your friends, with your family. Just get the word out there. Uh, and again, just keep us in your prayers. So thanks to everyone. All right, folks. Well, that is all we got for you this week. And uh, I can't say same time this week, but we will see you on the same <laughs> channel. And uh, we hope to see you guys. On that note, folks, I'm Justin. And I'm Eric. And we are Paratruth Radio. We will talk to you guys next week. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.